it can seem like your experience of reality is cohesive, unified. But in truth, there are multiple components of consciousness, of experience that are fastened together to the conglomerate or what feels like the homogenous experience of your perception of your consciousness in this moment. Memory, processing of perceptual filters, internal narrative, perhaps internal images. There are a lot of aspects to how we process the apparent three-dimensional world, how we process information, how we reflect on what's seemingly happening in the external world. So at times you may become aware of certain aspects of that. Perhaps you become aware of one component of your experience, such as the internal narrative. And this can be valuable. It can be practical when it comes to investigating the nature of who and what you are or the nature of experience or the nature of reality. For instance, to begin to become overtly aware or directly aware of the way we stand back from reality, apparently, when we're identified with thoughts, the way we judge, the way we compare experiences, the way we compare the present experience or what we're perceiving as the present experience to memory. All of these movements of mind, when we're identified with them, when we're entangled within them or enmeshed within them, feel very real, very solid. But when we investigate them directly, when we start to probe, we start to inquire into what is the nature of that narrative? How real is it? Who or what is perceiving the narrative? And what is the nature of the narrative itself or the carrier of the narrative? What is the vehicle? What is the nature of thought itself? What is the nature of consciousness that illuminates thought that often feels like me or I? What is the nature of that? And we start to probe that directly, not conceptually, not through adding other thoughts, but by directly investigating the nature of the thoughts themselves. So this can be very valuable, very powerful, and it can even lead to a shift in identity that we call awakening, which is a very profound shift, a very fundamental shift in experience. But it's not the only shift available. There are subsequent shifts that come beyond that typically. Now, the point of this message, this video specifically, because I have a lot of uh, content already on awakening, on the process of inquiry, inquiring into the nature of thought and the, to the nature of that internal dialogue or that internal narrative to the judgments, beliefs, memories, etc. So you, you can reference that if you're interested, but the point of this isn't quite that. The point of this is to simply illuminate that the entire apparatus, the components in conglomerate of our apparent conscious experience, our experience of this moment, of time, of self-reflection, of memory, those aren't the only game in town, so to speak. Meaning, in your experience right now, there's something that is simply not that. There's something else entirely. That something is essentially impossible to talk about in a perfectly accurate way or in a precise way. But I can point to it in precise ways. 
the way I point to it is by telling you what it's not. The other way I point to it is by giving you a sense of the intuition of it. This intuition can be so subtle that it's even below conscious level, but it doesn't mean it's unimportant. It doesn't mean that it's not there. So grossly speaking, or to stand back and take a, a wide objective viewpoint of what I'm talking about, we engage in the world of spirituality at some level or another often, or maybe we don't. Maybe we engage in some sort of direct uh, investigation of our psychology, of our internal process, as I was talking about before, but we're not really interested in spirituality as such. Or perhaps there's just a massive disruption in the way we perceive life such that we're forced to question whether the paradigms, that conglomerate of experiences and internal processes that we consider to be real, solid, ongoing, um, we, we question because of the disruption how real that is, whether it exists at all. So any of those things can happen. Um, but even, even those occurrences, even the disruption, even the inquiry, even the engagement in the spiritual process is still all part of that first way of perceiving, let's say, or that first aspect of your experience that I'm talking about in the beginning of this video, that second aspect of experience that I'm talking about that can't be perfectly defined, can't be precisely described. And there are reasons for it. One of the reasons is it's too close. It's too simple. It's too unconditioned by that apparatus that seems like it's making reality solid, real, ongoing, and so forth. So it's because it's unconditioned, we have no conditioned apparatus with which to perceive it. So this is very much an intuitive pointing. It's a very much an intuitive exploration, but it is there and it's there right now for you. And the more you perceive its presence or it's not even perception, perception's too much distance, the more you intuit its, its presence, uh, the more you may notice experience shifting or changing. This can be anywhere from a very subtle sense of something just a little different occurring, a little tickle somewhere uh, in your experience or consciousness to something rather profound, even psychedelic. And no matter what scope of experience occurs, understand that even that experience, even the knowing and perception of that experience is still in that, that category or that, that conglomerate of experience I was talking about earlier that feels like you, it feels like solidity, it feels like reality as you know it. But the other side of things that I'm pointing to, it doesn't really say anything about this. It doesn't have any conclusion. It doesn't even really become self-aware. It's too primary to become self-aware. But it is really what's at the heart of experience. It's what's at the heart of appearance. It's at the heart of everything. It's really the only thing that's actually happening when all is said and done. And it's, in one sense, infinitely powerful. Because to touch into it, to acknowledge it, to sense it in the way I'm pointing right now has an effect, seems to have quite an effect in bringing it forward, in 
elucidating it into your usual experience such that your usual experience can be seen through, can be deconstructed. That's what this is about. It's just about a sort of recognition. So if you sense it, that's a good thing. Sometimes when we sense this, we can have very significant perceptual shifts and even feel a sort of fear, a fear of losing something, losing everything, losing the self, a fear of reality dropping away. All of these, all of these experiences can happen. And still, <laughs> this, this truth that I'm pointing to, this sort of living truth that's ineffable, isn't disturbed by it at all, not perturbed, doesn't move, has no opinion about that, doesn't make conclusions, doesn't come or go, it's never been born and it's never going to die. It's just there. It's just here. It's just all of this. So if this resonates with you, if this lights something up in your experience, that's awesome. Give yourself permission to turn toward it. If you don't know how to turn toward it, because in one sense you can't, give yourself permission to let it overtake you. Give yourself permission to be surrendered to it. That simple act is very, very powerful. Don't do it unless you're ready. <laughs> or maybe I'll say it this way. Don't do it unless instinctually you know it's time. You can never really be ready. Because as Dogen said, ready is already too late. But you can attune to it for sure. You can open yourself to it even when you don't know how. Even when your mind is making a million doubts about this. Even when the thoughts are just raging on, even when there's fear, even when there's uh, a response in the body, a physical response in the body, a fear, kundalini, movement, shaking, all these reactions can happen, but they're reactions. They're not the primary truth of this movement that I'm talking about, this possibility that I'm talking about. Just attune to it. Be willing to give yourself to it. And in the relative sense, from the standpoint of that apparatus I was talking about that seems to create a consistent reality that may feel good sometimes, but may feel really, really uncomfortable at other times, like a lot of anxiety, like a lot of loneliness, like a lot of isolation, like a lot of seeking. Uh, from that standpoint, what you can do is be willing to see things you didn't know were there. Be willing to experience things you didn't know you could experience. Be willing to experience things you didn't know you wanted to experience. Be open in the relative to the degree you can. To a large degree you can't because that relative apparatus has a sort of momentum to it, has its own set of rules. And part of its set of rules are trying to keep it actually from seeing what I'm pointing to, which doesn't mean it's a bad thing to see or experience or realize. It just means that this apparatus doesn't understand it, can't actually perceive it. It's too big, too vast, too infinite, too unbound, unborn for the mind to really grasp it at all. So it's just the wrong tool for the job, so to speak. But understand, it can have all kinds of reactions to what we're talking about here. It can have all kinds of reactions to your turning toward to this opening to what I'm talking about, what I'm pointing to, that's in your experience. 
This isn't just something I know that I'm teaching you at all. If you perceive it that way, that's a thought. It is here when you want to answer its call, when you're ready to turn toward it. So trust it. It's okay. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to understand any of this. You don't have to have a model of spirituality or awakening or Buddhism or Advaita. You don't need any models. This is not about models. It's beyond models. It's primary to models. Models being paradigms, understandings. Models are a safety net for the mind, a way to hold yourself in the known. What we're talking about here is the unknown to that apparatus. But it's not unknown in the sense that it's somewhere else. It's not somewhere else. It's not something else. You don't have to find it. You don't have to move toward it. If you move toward it, it's it moving toward it. Or nothing's moving toward anything, and a thought is just saying that. It's already the case. So there's nowhere to go. Nothing to try to achieve here. There's no practice needed. There's no shift needed. There's no insight needed. Those are all ways of talking about this from the relative perspective. All of those experiences can happen. And that's fine. That's not what we're talking about. Now we're talking about only what's right now. It's in the sense fields. It's what is right in front of your face. It's the sound. It's the sum total of all sound. It's the infinite nature of sound. But don't contemplate that. Just listen. And then let the listening subside until there's just sound. That's surrender. Or notice the thoughts. Thinking about what I'm saying. Or distracting from what I'm saying. Just notice them. Then notice the sum total of the entirety of the substance in which those thoughts seem to arise. Call it consciousness. Call it the space of where you are aware of thoughts. Notice the entirety of it, the totality of it, such that no thought can stir without being noticed immediately. That's also it. The quality of experience is there. The quality of experience when we don't differentiate experience is here. That's it. The moment we try to grasp it, we're believing a thought. The moment we think we have it, we're believing a thought. The moment we think we lost it, 
or believing a thought. Just stay right here. Even staying doesn't make sense here. There's nothing to stay or go. Staying and going aren't two. 